I'm a bad mom right now because I've been letting him listen to Baby Got Back. Yeah. He's, he's six. No, but yeah. listen, like yesterday yeah. was really funny because he in the car he was like, Cosmo says fat. I'm not down with that. The curbs are kicking. I'm thinking about sticking it. And then this morning he goes, all oh, these bimbos looking like hoes. And I was like, hold it. <laughs> you cannot say that. I was like, that is misogynistic. You cannot say that. Don't ever say that again. He's like, why? What does that mean? And I was like, okay, I'm a bad. History lesson. This I love like, the music. You're the youngest where like, apparently no one gives a shit. Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life. Books and Champagne, brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dog-Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. First, give me a cheers. Okay. Okay, we're ready. And yeah. books are sexy. Okay, we're recording. Did you get my shaking? Actually, can I, I real quick go down and check my phone because the dog had surgery this morning? Yep. Baby. So I'll just talk because I want to talk about cocktails. While Ellen, Ellen is checking on her dog, as all good dog mamas do, um, and I was saying this is just um, an average Friday here at the bookstore, shaking up cocktails, um, most important business we do. We are drinking my favorite cocktail called The Last Word. So this is a departure from what we usually do at Bubbles and Books. There are no bubbles in here, but if we ever took a step away from champagne, it would be for this cocktail. Um, it was invented in Detroit. So I'm, I have to look up because I read about this. Um, a few episodes back, I talked about The Bartender's Cure. I read The Bartender's Cure because I'm a sucker for cocktail books and this was cocktail plus fiction. And when I finished it, I was saying it's very much like Sweet Bitter, which was about the high-end New York restaurant scene and what is it to be a server like who do you put up with at the tables and who do you put up with on the staff and what does it take to be elevated from just like running plates to being like in charge of a table so if you haven't read that it's really good but it is kind of bleak it's kind of like a little like depressing um about someone just kind of losing themselves but it's it's interesting in that it reveals the new york restaurant scene um, this one, The Bartender's Cure, is about a girl, a woman, who has left behind like kind of a, a lifestyle and a relationship that did not value her and got her into some really bad habits. I think coke and bulimia. So trigger warnings on drug abuse and um, eating disorder. Um, they're not the primary focus of the story, but they are revealed eventually because, you know, she's in this kind of gear recovery of trying to find herself. She's gotten into Harvard Law School, which was the dream her mom always had for her. And she thinks this will make me feel that I have purpose. This will make me feel like I have success. And um, in the meantime, as she gets settled in New York, um, she's going to spend a year bartending. And she gets in on a hot cocktail bar that has a great patronage, but <clears throat> they're also being challenged by rising rents, um, changing tastes in which district you visit in, you know, New York, Brooklyn, Williamsburg, but they teach her everything there is to know about cocktails. She used to be kind of like a, a local Ames bar tender, you know, like I know how to mix up the basics, the margarita, the what have you. I learned some, some tricks, but this is like, for the love of cocktails. It's what we do at an indie bookstore for the love of books. Um, and each chapter features a cocktail. 
And my favorite cocktail was the last chapter, the last word. So cheers to the last word. Ellen, we'll see you in a little bit. Um, but I love this. I'm not obsessed with gin, but it's a gin-based cocktail. And what makes it special is that it's made with green chartreuse. So I think the name green chartreuse is redundant. I'm like, it's redundant. Chartreuse is green, right? Well, yes. That bottle just says chartreuse. Okay, so there are two varieties. This is green, and there's also yellow. Yellow is sweeter. Green is the original. The reason why we have the word chartreuse as a color is because of this liquor. It is this kind of like kind of yellowy green. How else would you describe it? I'm not an artist, but it's a yellowy green. Here, beautiful. Now I'm getting you in the photos. Uh -uh. Oh my God. Can you see like my dishevelment? Why'd you turn it? I don't know. To cover no, myself. Let me see the label. There we go. Okay. Smile. That's a cute photo. Okay. So the story behind this is it is in line with Bubbles and Books, we drink French champagne a lot, but this comes from France and it is only made by Carthusian. No, not for <laughs> Versace. Carthusian monks from La Grande Chartreuse near Grenoble, France. So they call it Chartreuse. It was developed in 1605. There are 130 alpine herbs that monks go out and gather and they make this liquor. So monks make this. And um, the recipe is known by only three monks at the, the, the Carthusian, Carthusian brothers protect the secret. So it comes in green or yellow, um, and the yellow is sweeter and milder. But the color chartreuse comes from this liquor. So the, the name chartreuse didn't exist as a color until this cocktail was created. So the last word combines green chartreuse and um, cherry liqueur, maraschino cherry liqueur, uh, boozy cherries, lime. There's nothing that smells as good as a fresh cut lime. I don't know. Do you like lemon or lime? Lime. Lime. Lemon or lime? I think, I don't know. Lemon? Okay, cool. That's fine. I'll forgive orange. you. Uh, yeah. If we're orange. talking citrus. <laughs> okay, so I want to tell you, though, just a quick bit of history um, about green chartreuse, or the, the last word. Um, it's It dates to 1951. Um, there was a guy who put together, uh, a cocktail recipe or a cocktail book called Bottoms Up, um, Ted Saucier. And, um, let's see. Okay. The last word is prohibition era. It feels very prohibition era. I feel like it's the perfect cocktail. Um, uh, it has, uh, was developed at the Detroit athletic club bar in the early 1920s. And it was spread or it, it was served at that bar like throughout the era. Um, and it says that vaudeville performer Frank Fogarty, the Dublin minstrel, kind of like spread the popularity of the cocktail. So anyway, it exists today. If someone has green chartreuse in their bar, they can make it because cherry liqueur is almost always at every bar. Um, but the really fun story, and I know I'm going on and on and on, is that you cannot get green chartreuse anywhere right now. There is a shortage. I'm going to have to do another deep dive and figure out why. Are, did they all get COVID at the monastery? I don't know, but you can't get it anywhere. I was in Denver and Denver is like totally hip bar cocktail place. Not a single liquor store in the city could, could supply this. 
But share with everybody where your husband found the most random ass bottle of Okay, Richard's. so there are two people who came through for me. One is my husband, who had, it was this whole thing about how he didn't look at the, the shopping list for entertaining friends. And so he didn't get the, the cocktail supplies I said were on the shopping list. He just went by memory instead. And then when he called me to tell me that he hadn't, you know, he did start with, I'm sorry, which is not common for him. He would usually start with the reason why was because you said this. And then I didn't remember the cocktail because he's very protective of his ego. But he went very early in the morning um, to the Mason City Hy-Vee liquor store to get stuff for my alternative cocktail because you can't get green chartreuse anywhere. And there was green chartreuse on the shelf. So he earned karma. He earned his way back into my heart. I'll stay married to him for another Mason year. City? Yeah, Mason City. Iowa? Yes, Mason City, <laughs> Iowa. Um, then my other favorite person in the whole world, Rachel, Rachel, my favorite child, got online. And it's kind of weird. Liquor laws are so archaic. What you can ship to where is very restricted. Like if you want your favorite wine from such and such state, if they're not approved to do so, you can't get it. You have to like get someone to drive there and drive it back. Um, but she found me somewhere that would sell me green chartreuse. So now I have a bottle for the store and a bottle for personal use. And we're all drinking the last word. And now we're just waiting on Ellen after my long story. But we're going to talk about something interesting today. Um, we're going to talk about the book selling industry and how it is one of the most collaborative, um, supportive, joyful industries you could ever be a part of. There are no trade secrets. And the idea is that when people across the country shop local, which is a term that we hear again and again and again, but if they train themselves into shopping indie bookstores, it benefits us all. We grow as an industry that has better bargaining against Amazon with publishers. And we've helped our communities and our readers who love books so much understand that their opportunity to best explore and find books that um, a formula online can't provide for them is in indie bookstores. So let's introduce our guest, Kara. Tell us about your background. And your last name. Kara's learning the rules of podcasting with Rachel. Hi, All Kara. Right. Welcome. Or, uh, I'm saying welcome. And I'm here. Yeah, I'm really glad. You are welcome. <laughs> welcome to myself. Yeah. Um, I'm Kara Kelso. This is my first podcast experience. So that's why I'm welcoming myself. I yeah. <laughs> Being awkward. Um, and my husband and I opened a coffee shop in Des Moines a couple of years ago on election day 2020. I love their origin story. <laughs> election day 2020. When more did you need coffee? Exactly. Yeah. It was a wild, wild time. Was that so, a wild day? Was it weird? Did it feel weird or did it not feel weird until the next day? No, it oh. felt kind of weird. Just everything leading up to it, the whole year, just everything. It was like so nerve wracking. Yeah. It was like, are we done yet? Are we done yet? Did we make yeah. it? Did we survive? Is he gone? You know, and it was just weird. Everybody's masking. Everything mm -hmm. was socially distanced. We were letting like 10 people in at a time. It just didn't have that excitement of throwing your doors open. Like it was obviously exciting. Same here. Same but, here. Yeah. yeah. It was like, oh, hey, we're all wearing masks. We want to yeah. see each other's faces. We opened in 2021 yeah. in March. So tell us the name of your coffee shop. 
It's called the Slowdown Coffee Co. It's in the north side of Des Moines in the Highland Park neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Kind of an up-and-coming neighborhood in Des Moines, Highland Park, Oak Park. Um, it's a very old neighborhood of Des Moines. It was actually the first suburb of Des Moines. Which I love because yeah. people, my mom grew up in Des Moines, so I know your area. And yeah. you can see you can see the vestiges of when it had a shopping district and it yes. had a community. Yep. And then it kind of followed that path of kind of losing that localism, mm-hmm. but now it's back. Yep. Yes, they actually built a highway on Euclid through the shopping district, took away parking, and everything kind of just went by the wayside. Yeah, it's like, how can we get people to Des Moines as fast as possible and who cares about your local neighborhood? Exactly. Um, it had When the area was first built, they had a streetcar that took people from the suburb of Highland Park down to Des Moines, to the city proper. Yeah. And, you know, they kind of took all that away. They took the parking away. So for the past 30 years, people have been trying to revitalize the neighborhood. And you're part and, of that. And I yeah. love your branding. The slowdown has this really cool rose icon in the in the middle of its kind of um, its brand. Tell the story about the, where the rose icon came from for slowdown. Yeah. So our shop is an old hardware store. And as you enter the store, stenciled on the floor, it says Highland Park Hardware. Welcome. And in the middle Aww. of it, there is a beautiful little rose. And that's just been stenciled on there for as long as the old shop uh, owner can remember. So that's where we got the rose idea. And I love that. That's the whole point of like your neighborhood is is that continuity and revitalization. And we we were talking today about how I geek out so much and Ellen too on the history of the Tilden, uh, the Tilden store, which was here from the late 1800s till the 1970s. So over a century uh, family ownership in our particular building, and we can see vestiges of it with um, the cash register we have from the 1920s. This little, you were commenting on the the dogs in our oh, loft. Yeah. So the only non-ceramic one is this little, um, I guess you would say, uh, felted fabric. Um, part of the Tilden brand, a spinoff was... Uh, Collegiate, collegiate something. Yeah, um, they started making pennants for universities all across the country, mm-hmm. and so part of the explanation on the backstory of their uh, collegiate manufacturing was their um, many universities have similar font styles or um, imagery, similar mm-hmm. mascots. It's because. This company here in Ants was developing their pennants and mascots. Oh, wow. They built Psy um, for Iowa State Cyclones, mm-hmm. um, either in our basement or when they moved off site to develop the business further. And so in my hand, I have George the Lazy Dog. He's one of the personality pets um, that they developed. And I I believe that he was named after George Tilden, one of the patriarchs of the Tilden family. So mm-hmm. he's a little smiley dog. But... He's hilarious because he looks like he's on the OB table, ready to get his pap smear. <laughs> he totally so, does. Wow. I so, never thought of that before, but now that you say it, I'm only ever going to yep. not, yeah. not going to have that image. That was my not, first thought. Yeah. I was like, oh, we got to get the scope out. Yeah. Yep. He's about to get his pap smear. What's that thing called that they put in you? 
the retractor? S- no, the spectrum. Yeah, the spectrum. Speculum. 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 All we need is the speculum. <laughs> 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 if you don't know what it is, look it up. Yeah. Where's the trans dog? So next time you're in the loft, check out George Lacey Dog. He's the only non-ceramic dog, uh, vintage dog on our shelves. Um, okay. So back to why we're here today. This is how Ellen and I got our start as business owners. One, we had the dream and the passion, um, and we're really damn smart. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. Wow. We are smart, and I'm really proud of us, Um, but we had the passion and the dream, and we chased after it. But when, as smart people do, when you're thinking about opening a business, you think, how can I learn more? How can I understand what it takes to do this? And um, the book selling industry is interesting in that there aren't a lot of parallels. You know, it's not like restaurants and bars and retail shops in general, because book selling is very controlled by prices set on the book, publishers who choose which books to publish, and also the fact that we have Amazon um, that we have to compete with because of, you know, this strange phenomenon. I mean, I can, I just remember Amazon back in the day, the first time I ever heard of it being like trying to make sense of it. And always thinking of the Amazon, like, yeah, the jungle. And anyway, you remember amazon.com. Remember that <laughs> thing you would hear on the internet? Yep. We do not make you listen to bull crap like that at dog books. So did you make another batch? No, but you, I can go get something else. Okay. So the cocktail I made was really good. I gave the whole history while you were gone checking on your dog. pause for Amanda to, um, no, I did it. Make another batch. Oh, I can. At some point. So I'll go. I have no update on my dog, by the way. Her dog had to have leg surgery. She got a pug because she is fully committed to the dog lifestyle now. She got a lab (laughs) golden breed. And that was the only way I would go or mix. The only way I would go into business with her. Is if she got a dog. This is the first we time you guys her. have been back together in like over a month. We are reunited. And okay. So good. We've I will make puppy. another. Yes. And that's why Kara's here today <laughs> because she's a dog person. Yep. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to mix up a batch of cocktails and I've been talking too much anyways. And I would like to hear the rest. I would like you to explain the rest of the story while I mix the cocktail. What's the rest of the story? So like, where why is Kara here? And what did people do for us? Okay. When we said, I want to open a bookstore too. Yeah. All right. Got it. Okay. I'll be right back. Taking so my cocktail with me. I think the unique thing. In my glass and no, I'll bring back the shaker. Jeez. Demand much? No. Demand much. She is my child. Um, save the shaking for the. Okay. <laughs> Rachel is really nitpicky. <laughs> Um, Ellen no. doesn't appreciate quality. Oh, oh my. Look at our bookshelf. Learning some <laughs> dynamics. Just kidding. Um, um, I have your handsome ticket and I can hold it hostage. Yeah, we need to talk about that anyway. <gasps> no, don't leave. Don't bail. I'm not bailing. I'm oh. for sure going to Hanson. Are you the social media person? Yes. Okay. She's genius. <laughs> she. We can't function without her. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. My new social website is... I mean, you might know people like, cause we've, well, you applied, but like you were a bookstagrammer. Yeah. So I've been okay. bookstagramming for like seven years. There's wow. like a whole bookstagram Des Moines wow. community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So yeah, put out you can put out those feelers. But yeah, she's yeah, been a very people. worthwhile. <laughs> oh my gosh when i saw wow. you this morning i was yeah. like oh my god yeah. well wow. books i think it's a, a special industry in that there is genuine camaraderie like mm-hmm. um because we know that because we're competing with all these things like if we have this culture in our towns where mm-hmm. you buy books locally like it benefits all of us to support each other. So yeah. we're all like, if you're doing well at your bookstore, that's probably that bodes well for me. Yeah. And so uh, I'm really proud of the relationships that we have, particularly in central Iowa mm-hmm. among the booksellers. Like we all know each other. We all send people to mm-hmm. each other's stores. We all hype each other up. Um, and it, it's been such a rewarding thing to be a part of. But yeah, when Amanda and I were thinking about opening we went to bookseller like we looked at bookstores across the country that we mm-hmm. what like really liked and kind of wanted yeah. to emulate and we talked to their owners and asked questions and they were so generous with their time and mm-hmm. their expertise and so anytime someone around here is thinking about opening a bookstore and wants to talk to us like we're more than happy yeah. to share our experience because that's what people did for us mm-hmm. still do for us <laughs> like yeah i mean we're thinking about launching a subscription service. So we called a couple bookstores who do it. Yeah. And we're like, Hey, could you talk to us? Like, mm-hmm. you know, could we, could we find some time to talk, to pick your brain for a while? And they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, of course. So, um, it's just something that I think we all do in this industry. That's really yeah. unique and special. Like we are all team books. I like what Amanda said about kind of the bargaining power against Amazon or just like yep. kind of uniting against. Yeah. We are on the same team just kind of uniting against the man really yeah amazon really sucks and i i think that i mean there are some indie bookstores that like will not have anything to do with amazon like Mm -hmm. in any way and to me it's i can't blame people for wanting to buy a cheaper product but the Mm -hmm. more that i'm doing doing book selling i'm like this is totally unfair playing field right I mean, yeah. Amazon, a lot of people don't understand that Amazon takes a loss on books. Right. Right. But we are held to the publisher price. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I can kind of relate it to our coffee shop industry. Like, yeah. you know, people are paying more for coffee that we get through Windmill. You guys use Windmill. We do use Windmill. We love Windmill. And, you know, Windmill is an excellent, they use an excellent product. They pay more to the farmer. It goes all the way back to the farmer that they're building relationships with. Mm-hmm. So that farmer can build their system better. They yep. can produce a better product. So no, we're not buying Folgers. It's, a, you know, and we're not shortchanging that system. Yeah. So. And it tastes better. And it tastes better. We had to have the coffee we have because yeah. we wanted to drink good coffee all day. Yeah. And I, I but think. But it goes back to, yeah. you know, it pays people all the way back you can apply that to books we're yep. paying people all the way back authors publishers right. publicists booksellers well the building that you shop in exactly you know i think one of the things that um people appreciate about independent bookstores is the expertise of the staff like th- this Absolutely. is not an algorithm right mm-hmm. this is like i read all the time mm-hmm. so when you come in my store and you're looking for something like like, okay, I don't know if I told you this, Amanda, but there was a gal in um, over the weekend and she was like, 
wanting a recommendation. And mm -hmm. I, ha I, was, I was walking by and I happened to hear her. And anytime I hear that someone will, so she said something like, tell me what to read. I'm like, what do you want? And she goes, yeah, I just want to feel something. Yeah. I want to cry. Is what oh my she God. Said. And I was like, okay, do you want a happy cry or do you want a sad cry? Mm -hmm. Like, do you want to like cry and then like feel hopeful? Or do you want to just like weep in the corner for an hour? She was like, let me think about it. And then she came back. She was like, I want to weep in the corner for an hour. Oh my God. And I was like, I have the I book have for you. you. What'd you give her? Yeah. I gave her a little life by Hanya. <laughs> Kill you. Kill you. A little life by Hanya Yanagihara. And yep. I was like, this book will kick you when you're down, but it will make you feel. Because you realize we're all part of it. We're all trying. We all love people. But guess what? Life hands you shit. Now, on life that note, hard. one of the reasons why we need books is all that shit. And also <laughs> cocktails I got to shake. But you know, you can't go on Amazon and be like, find me a book that makes me leave in the corner. You can't even go on Google and be that specific and get a result that will but give you what you get. somebody who's like read the book. I think I need to pick up a book home with me. I don't know that you did her. You're right. You did. <laughs> the writing is beautiful. She's an excellent writer. Yeah. But she, one of the things I respect about her as an author, she was just shut up man. she will beat you up she will beat you up she will go there like she will not yeah, pull back okay. when most authors i'm just pull looking back. at the red okay and so what sad. i always say when i look at hanya and other authors okay these are my two spectrums of authors right now emma Straub, yeah and hanya <laughs> and so it's like we need happy people who, and I'm sure Emma has gotten her share of life's kicks, okay? Yes. And she's had trauma, because we all do. Right. But, and it's like art, too. You can, mm -hmm. it's okay. Nothing will hurt. Oh, damn it, I left my cocktail downstairs. Go get it. Do you need a little bit? Sure. Um, you, we need, for you, Amanda. I don't know if need is the right shit. Um, we need, <laughs> get some more napkins, <laughs> Rachel. <laughs> we need both we need both joy and suffering in our art in every form. We need yeah, it in our like, music. We need it in our... To like, you know, Target or something and come up to you and like they have books there and say, I need a book that makes me feel something. Mm -hmm. And this is what I want to feel and trust that someone's going to point you in the right yeah, direction. Absolutely. You can't. But you go to an independent bookstore, you can expect that. Mm -hmm. um, totally. So something that I wanted to not miss was to talk about the people who allowed us to use them as mentors. I, I spoke to that a little bit and I was just saying, I was just telling Kara that, um, you know, when we were, and even now, like we're thinking about launching the subscription service, we've mm -hmm. been talking to other bookstores that do it. And I, there's never been anybody who has not been generous with their time. Right. Mm -hmm. And I love that aspect of this business. Because book people are the best people. Book people are the best people. And we really, like, there is, is there's just a genuine, like, care for one another and well wishes. And so um, did you talk about Skylark in Columbia, Missouri? I didn't name okay. specific. I'm, I'm going to just, a couple shout outs real will, quick. Full disclosure, I mean, you did most of the talking. Because I'm a talker. And I don't mind. Well, you're a bookstore tourist too. Like yeah. I wasn't doing much as much traveling. You, you always you would, did, but whenever but you, you would, you would be going somewhere, and we would talk on the phone, and we'd be like, "Okay, what questions should we ask?" Right. Like, mm -hmm. um, and people, we learned so much, and I don't think that we would do as well as we do. And I don't, I don't even know that we would have like pulled the trigger on this thing if we had not had 
the mentorship mm-hmm. that yeah. we had from other booksellers. And the, one of the first things we learned was from Carrie Kepke at Scarlet Bookshop. She had run... In Columbia, Missouri. Um, in Columbia, Missouri. My alma mater was University of Missouri. And she had run, I believe the original bookstore was called Tiger Tales. And they went by the wayside of the whole box store kills ya, Amazon kills ya. And then um, she partnered up <clears throat> with a really wonderful author who believed in indie book selling. And they opened up on Ninth Street, which is like the main drag. It's where the pizza shop is. It's where the coffee shop is. It's like the place to be there. They're blessed with location. And Carrie set aside time for me. And she said, go to the American Bookseller Association's Winter Institute. It's the industry conference. Learn as much as you can. Take this um, seminar and just talk to people. And so she set us on the the course for success. And at Winter Institute, we made friends because (laughs) both people are the best people. So um, someone who is really awesome. um, So Suzanne (laughs) Lucy and her husband, I love them to death. They are like amazing. They have um, page... 158 and they have a really cool story on why page 158 matters and i I remember you talking Mm -hmm. with them a lot and telling me about it yeah and if i wanted to i could call her message her today and she would have all the answers for me they've been doing this for a while and Mm. they're in north carolina and they're fantastic and they get plenty of authors they are a powerhouse they dance for tiktok videos you know she is she's totally cool plus she has really cool curly hair and then one other person, and this is kind of like cool, two other people I want to talk about because I fangirl over bookstore managers and owners. She does. <laughs> um, Nick Bruzanski, he's worked at like every New York bookstore and I met him at Winter oh, yeah. Institute in 2021, no, 2020 before the pandemic 2020. and he works for bookstore magic, which is owned by Emma Straub. And he has worked at all these bookstores and he gave me really invaluable device or uh, advice about what point of sale system to use. And he had the perspective of having tried them all. Um, and I messaged him one time about what book stands do you use stands for displaying books vertically. Mm. And he told me, this is where we get them. And then I messaged him again. I said, how do you do book subscriptions and i will say like i try and um i try and like did i, I say it wrong guys, how do you do not how do you do how do you do book subscriptions how do you do sir but he was able to connect me with the person who runs their very successful book subscription service and you know what he's not like i mean we are Ames, Iowa and he is Brooklyn New York and he you know they're Emma Straub's bookstore, but he's not like, oh, I'm going to keep this to myself because I'm competing with you. That is the antithesis of what we do as indie book selling. Yeah, there's, there are no industry secrets. No. Like we are all about like sharing best practices and. Well, also a store yeah. in Brooklyn, New York city is not a competitive I mean, but even, but even locally, yeah. even locally, oh, yeah. like we're not, no, about, not at no. all. we're not about like, oh, I'm going to like safeguard what works for me and not share it with you right that's that that is i have not met any booksellers like that at all ever Mm -hmm. um another fangirl moment for me is (laughs) annie b jones and that is how i know her annie b jones and i saw her at winter institute from a distance i remember and i was like oh my god 
can you take my picture with her? And I don't, I don't know if, I still don't know if other people regard her this way. Cause I saw her there and I was like, oh, I'm sure everybody's bugging you. Like, I'm sure everybody wants a picture with you. You totally geeking out. I know. And I still don't know, but she is a very, like, six, she owns, she, she's in she, Thomasville. She owns a bookstore. She Thomasville, has a Georgia. She yeah. Like- she does everything. I listen to her podcast. I follow her on social media. I love her to death. Like, I am such a fangirl, and we got to Zoom with her to talk about her very successful book subscription and how does it work and what are the logistics. So that's what you're contributing to when you shop at any bookstores. Mm -hmm. So that's why we have Kara here today. She is looking at entering a really beautiful Des Moines indie book selling market. What's really cool about Des Moines is there are these historic districts, Mm -hmm. just as you've referenced, you know, we have Valley Junction, we have the East Village, we have Beaverdale, we have your neighborhood, and that's what it used to be like to live in a neighborhood, to walk down the street and go to your local hardware store, your local Mm -hmm. baker, and how beautiful that is that you're contribute to, contributing to someone else's livelihood and getting the benefits of their craft and artistry. And your craft and artistry is your love of books. So normally we would stop our start our um, podcast with this. What are you reading? What are you about, reading? What are you Karen, reading? Or, What's and what popping you, in your book life? Like, What's something you've read recently Anything. that was really good? The very best thing you've read all year put you on the spot and you asked me but i didn't ask you what do you like to read like what's your jam yeah Mm. i've been dying to ask you that since we got together at 8 15 this morning and now we kept (laughs) you (laughs) we're almost three hours later she's gonna go back to her husband like these bitches are crazy yeah three hours later she's still here (laughs) no i already told her my husband doesn't even know where i am he (laughs) he texts me asking how was your call i'm like i'm trying to get a cocktail right now i'm in ames Keeper right now mm. by Diane Wilson. Nice, gorgeous and cover of BTW. I've not read it. it what is do you a think? Beautiful cover. So far, so good. I just started it. Okay, um, it's a beautiful book about a woman who's um, kind of finding herself. It seems like her husband died, her dad died. She's kind of going to a cabin in the woods, revisiting her roots. But she is of a Native American inheritance. Or, yeah. No, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gave yeah. me the shirt, Drew. So. I know. Background. Sorry, she's Native American background. Is that what yeah. You're saying? yeah, yeah, background. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, a really good book we read for a book club this summer. Um, Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah, yes, that's that a is, good book. Gosh, that is such a good one. Um, that one's about the ways in which very successful Indigenous Americans were kind of like screwed out of their own autonomy and lost their wealth and and murder like and murder it's true crime it's true crime and it's It's true crime um, it's really like the best of true crime like in that genre when you think about like literary value and um it's like britney's conservativeship like that was what (laughs) britney spears conservatorship is what happened to so if you care about freeing britney that's what happened with every single indigenous American. Yeah. So it's like with the Osage. Yeah, the Osage. So. They were like, oh, sorry. It's you're a- not allowed to manage your own wealth or property. Absolutely. Because 
you're boozing it up. Guess who's boozing it up? The white girls today. Yeah, like we own our business. There we go. (laughs) But they weren't even boozing it up. It's such a smart. No, they weren't. It's such a smart book, and it's um, a really important like chapter of American history that nobody knows anything about. about. Nobody knows about. Um, And it's part of the creation of the FBI. Yeah. Because, you know, people were looking into this situation and they were all getting picked off. Mm -hmm. They were all getting murdered because nobody wanted to delve into this. Yeah. If you, if you say something's wrong or I smell, yeah, I smell something wrong. You were gone. It's just done. You disappeared. So I like fiction books. I like historical fiction, but over the last couple of years, I have been getting into a lot of nonfiction. Good for okay. you. So, so are you, do you lean more at true crime or are you kind of like all in, around in nonfiction? Kind of all around in nonfiction. Which is why we um, need to be friends with you because we don't read nonfiction. I read nonfiction. She does more than me. I don't. Yeah. It's not what I gravitate toward, but I do read it. Like, so for example, I want to read Watergate. Mm. Um, and I read, bo- you read bomb, bomb shelters, nonfiction. Yeah, but that's an essay or a memoir and essays is what she calls it. And that is my jam. I would, I would say I probably read like maybe 20 to 25% nonfiction. I will tell you I'm terrible at finishing them. Okay. It takes me a while because I'm wanting to absorb it. Right. Yep. So I'm a little bit slower, which means that I'm like slower. And then I kind of set it to the side. And I don't it's a different so kind yeah. of reading because mm-hmm. it's it is like, a am I reading, reading for entertainment or am I reading right. for like truth and beauty? Am I reading to learn? Like my, my brother-in-law yeah. cannot handle, cannot handle fiction or anything that's nonfiction that delves into storytelling, narrative nonfiction. This is like, what can I trust? Was that real? Was that not real? He has trust issues. Nathan, <laughs> I love you. But um, he's like, I want to be able to tell someone this is what I learned and it's fact. So he wants um, to be able to count on the content that he reads to be able to share that information with other people, which is why you and your wife need to move to Ames. You need to be our nonfiction bookseller and go hunting and preserve the wildlife Mm. and the land resources (laughs) on your free time. Mm. I I like nonfiction, and I don't have like a genre within nonfiction that I prefer. Like mm-hmm. I, I do like narrative nonfiction, mm-hmm. um, but like so sort of that like novel esque format. Yeah. But I'll read in uh, memoir. I'll read in history. Yeah, um, I read a lot of like kind of like social justice stuff, yeah. or you know, just I've been also reading some kind of grief type things. Yeah. I mean, the last couple of years have kind of been rough in my life, so or just Mary Oliver, you know, Mary yeah. Oliver. She kind of can speak to anything. That woman, yeah, she's a true goddess. You know what I started? This just reminds me because like poetry. I read. Um, I've been reading "Hurting Kind" by Ada Limon. Hmm. It's a poetry collection, and I don't usually read in poetry, but she's she was just named the U.S. Poet Laureate, and I love one of her poems and I've loved it for a long time that has to do with motherhood and like it's called I think it's called like the raincoat or something like that where like she realizes as an adult all the ways that her mother protected her Mm. Um, like you were like and it it resonated with me as a daughter and as a mother yeah 
so I've been reading The Hurting Kind, and it's beautiful. It's just a beautiful story. Um, but yeah, it's very... I'm going to have to check that out. I bought it yeah. at Birchmark Books. Okay. And we love, speaking yeah. of indie bookstores, we love yeah. Yeah. Louise Erdrich's daughter. We feel very, like, another fangirl moment. We were like, we met Palace. Yes. She was the coolest that, that's person a, wait, ever. Is this a Minneapolis bookstore? Yes. I think I learned about it because of your post, yeah, Thank you. It is a wonderful yeah. bookstore. And I got to visit it a couple of weeks ago because I was in Minneapolis seeing Brandy Carlisle. And I went to Birchmark Books and yeah, and it was, and that, that was and Palace was there. working, but Palace was holding down the fort. Yeah, I was. I didn't want to be super, like, "Hey, remember when we met?" You remember May? when we were like, "Oh my God, you were wearing the cutest sweater with shorts it was and tights in there," which is great. I went yeah. on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, um, and I bought the Hurting Kind by Adrian. Okay, and so I started reading it the other day when my husband was in the shower, and I need to take a shower, and he takes for fucking ever. Yeah. Yeah, see, somebody sent me a Mary Oliver poem after my hysterectomy, and I had never read Mary Oliver before, and yeah. so that's what got me into that. Yeah. And I know she's a goddess, but... I am sorry you had a hysterectomy if it was non-elective, but my yeah. hysterectomy was, like, the greatest gift I ever had. Yeah. I think about it every week. I'm like, I'm never going to get a period, and I'm sorry if it was non-elective, but well, I hope it, it not getting elective. a period is fun. It was elective, but... I am still sad I didn't get to have kids. Yeah. Because I... You wanted to. I wanted to have kids, mm -hmm. but my quality of life was very poor. I'm really sorry. So I chose to have... I did I did choose to have a hysterectomy, mm -hmm. but... Right. But not the Isn't easy, it funny? What, the choice. Yeah. Choice is a word yeah. that is so fucked up when it comes to women and reproductive <sighs> rights. Yeah. So, you know what? Oh my God. Yeah. We could it's go our down own, that path. Yeah. Another podcast for another day. Yeah. But guess I mean, what? It's my uterus. A little we bit. have. We could go down that path. But welcome. Welcome to the club. I'm yeah. sorry yeah. you didn't get to do that. But yeah. no more tampons. You're, you, got you can it. put them in your bathroom at your bookstore. Yeah. But you right. don't need them. Because, you know what? <laughs> Yeah, there's so much to be said. Because no. I couldn't even use tampons because oh, my my poor you. health so was so sorry. bad. But, you know, that was also after 10 years of being gaslighted. By yeah, medical gaslighting, system. medical system, like Terrible. my body, it sucks. I don't want to suffer. Yeah. yeah. And, like, bad. just society in general. It's like, yeah. you're a woman, so you should do these things. Yeah. yeah. Not a good situation. So. Okay, so yeah. what's really cool about this week is there are a few good books coming have, out. You haven't talked, we have not talked about what we personally have been reading. <laughs> Does it matter? Right. Tell me yes, what you're reading. Matter. So I'm reading The Hurting Kind, which I mentioned. Okay. Yes. Anything I else? love her poetry. It's very accessible. Um, sometimes when I read poetry, I'm like, I'm not smart enough for this. Or I don't feel like I... Sometimes I feel it too, but does it matter? I don't think it does. I don't think it does, but like with her poetry, like it, there's something about it. It's just very like, uh, it just sort of cuts to the core. Like I feel yeah. like I understand it. And as a non-poetry person in general, it's really important. I think for all of us to tap into that. It's like walking in a museum. It's just like, you got to do it a like, couple it's times. Like distilling. Yeah. yeah. It's distilling truth. Yeah. Um, so I'm reading that. But sometimes I do wish, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No. But sometimes I do wish um, 
but I know what you're saying because I read the poetry and I almost think back to high school. I think mm -hmm. about those times where we're like dissecting things. I'm like, should I be doing this? Should I be getting more out of this? Yep. And I almost think, do I need to be Googling how to read poetry? Um, as a former high school English teacher, I always hate it. Anything, like if oh, a student it. would have to Google, like, what does this mean? Like, it's a, that's a problem. Like, yeah. it, the truth is truth. Yeah. Right. And like we, with books and poetry, with prose and poetry both, yeah. right? They hit us in different ways at different times yeah. in our life. Totally. And there's no, there's not a right or wrong there. Like yeah. you could read The Hurting Kind by Ada Lamont right now and maybe mm -hmm. like it wouldn't resonate with you. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I would have read it two years ago and it wouldn't have resonated with me. Absolutely. Um, right. Like my favorite poetry is Kate Bear, What Kind yeah. of Woman. And it is my like anthem for life. And if I give it to my daughter, she'd be like, what the fuck is this? Well, it's I weird. Think of, like one of my favorite books, which is To Catch Your Own Eye. Yes. Named my child after this book. Um, when I first read it in high school, I was like, this book's so funny. It is, that is not a funny book. That is yeah. a profoundly sad book. And the more I've reread it as I'm older, the more I get out of it. And right. when we were thinking about naming our third child, so our, our second child is Atticus, who isn't really named after Atticus Finch. I think it's a badass name. And yeah. I loved that book. Mm -hmm. I see some problematic things in it now that I did not see. The white savior. Younger. But you know what? He was mm -hmm. a man who stand, stood up for what? But I would, you know, I would saw. tell people, I'm like, I'm an English teacher. My husband's a lawyer. Like, it's inevitable. Yeah, it's beautiful. That we would have an Atticus. But with... Holden, who is our youngest, mm. I was like, if people associate with him with the Catcher in the Rye, like that's a character. That's a, that's not an Atticus Finch character. That's not the hero. But I re I was rereading it when I was pregnant with him. I wanted to name him Theo after the goldfish. Nice. And yeah. My husband was like, no, I don't like that name. Um, he's like, we could name him Theodore and call him Theodorable. And I was like, no. Oh my god. It has Theodorable. To be, it has to be Theo, just straight up Theo. <laughs> and he wouldn't do it. But I was—I happened to be rereading re The Catcher in the Rye for a book club, and I was like, you know, Holden is, is in some ways, a more powerful character than Atticus Finch because he, like, he just keeps going. Mm -hmm. Like, he just keeps going. And um, so he, he agreed, and we, we named our youngest Holden. But Very cool. I'm also reading this book that we talked about on the podcast. It's a new release called Just Like Home. And it's horror, and it's pink yeah, cover it's a with great a house cover. that's like you bleeding. guys horrors in. That's what she told me earlier. Horrors in. It horrors in. So I, you will laugh. So I've been reading it. And I'm really enjoying it. Ellen has a. There was a stabbing scene yesterday. I was you... at the pool for my kids' swim lessons, and I started reading the stabbing scene. And I had to put it down because I got lightheaded. Ellen is a big fucking baby. I'm a big fucking Sorry, baby. Sorry, like, there's I, children. I hear, children I, I, like, if there was, if there was a stabbing scene, like, in the seaplane on Final Approach, where I, like, could not continue with the book. She almost passed out during a pedicure. <laughs> I did, and I almost passed out last night at the pool, and I was like, Ellen, close the book and put it down. Ellen is a badass. There's nothing she can't, can't do in life. I can't handle but it. read about a stabbing in a book. God help us. I know. I don't know what it is. I have this like visceral, like physical response. But anyway, it's a cool book. So the premise, we had books and beverages last night, which by the way, is book club. Everyone should join. You don't have to read a book. Just talk about books. Um, it's so the premise is the main character, Vera. It's like 
in her 30s and she is returning home to her childhood home. She's been estranged from her mother for about 12 years since she became an adult. And she's returning to her childhood home because her mother's dying. And so she's kind of like helping her mother, but also getting the house ready to sell. And this house has a very interesting history because it was built by her father with whom Vera had a really close, loving relationship. But her father was also a serial killer who murdered people in a basement. Oh my God. And, you know, went to prison and died in prison. And so she's, like, returning to this house. And the way that her mother has made money has been, like, kind of offering up almost as a tourist attraction. Like, she lets artists, like, live in the backyard shed. And they, like, everything's covered in plexiglass. Um hmm. And it's um, so she's so she's back in this home and it's haunted. And she also in all of her descriptions of her father, there's never any like he was an evil man. He was a horrible man. She loves her father. She loved that relationship. Her mother was very cold. Um, so I kind of like feel this like this is I know, a really interesting book. I feel like I know where it's going. Um, but her mom was the real killer. No, 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 Okay, nope. Okay. I, that's not where I think it's going. Okay. Um, but she had, she loved her father and because she had a cold mother. I'm feeling a Dexter vibe where she's going to kill her mom. I don't think she's going to kill her mom. I'm, now I'm like, probably I'm in the last quarter of the book, probably last 20% of the book. Um, I feel like Vera might do some shady shit. I don't know for sure. Okay. But it's, it's very creepy. It's kind of like a slow build and it's got a killer cover it is killer the book the book cover sells itself props to the book I'm, designer I'm going on that one this horror book and i'm feeling real good like i'm like this is good i'm like into it actually i left it at the pool the other day when my kids have swim lessons i left it there and i made tyler go get it i'm like it was getting really good and i don't want to leave just go pick it up we go get it and he did um which he, is why you married him even though and he, he brought he me a culver's burger too like he got the book and love he language. Me, which i didn't even ask for um but I, then I got to the stabbing part yesterday, and I had to set it down. Ellen is a big fucking baby. <laughs> I am. I can't help it. I can't help it. Okay. But so that's what I'm reading. So I'm reading I, The Hurting Kind and Just Like be- be- The Beauty and Goodness of Life and The Worst of It. Um, I am reading. I'm still trying to fi- finish Marrying the Ketchups, and that's not a reflection of what a good book it is. Yeah. It's about a family a third generation of the family tied to an institution Chicago restaurant. Um, love the character development, multi-generational family story. I'm with it every time. Um, but I'm also incorporating dinosaurs because it's from an author that we love. Um, it's Lydia Millet or Millet, depending. And I read Dinosaurs recently. Yeah. Right. Um, this is on our radar because you and I were obsessed with the children's Bible. This is kind of like a, a children's Bible is like your nightmares brought to life in really, really realistic way. Like the, the near future. It was one of those few books where you're like one page in and you're like, Damn, can she write? She can fucking write. And like, I'm enjoying... Like, next level. Yeah. Like, not just good storytelling, but, like, you have a skill. It's like, you-, you have me captivated. I'll listen to you at the fire pit for five hours and never go to sleep. Like, yeah. please you, tell me your stories. writing. 
Yeah, so Lydia has a new one out. It has a really cool cover as a bird on it, which connects to a little bit of the story that I just hit about how dinosaurs are extinct, but guess what? They're not really extinct. There are still birds that are descendants of dinosaurs that survived. So it is about a wealthy man um, who came into money, um, never quite hit like the personal connections or relationships or career that he wanted um, and decides to kind of like wild it, Cheryl Strayed, um, walk from like Manhattan to Arizona. Yeah. And he buys a house. Like, he buys a house and, and he's like, Phoenix. I'll just sell off all my crap and I'll walk out that way. And he cares very much about doing good in the world. And he ends up in a house facing another house who's... Um, side of the house that faces him is all glass. And so he's very, the, this family is very much on display. Husband and wife have a son and daughter, and he becomes very enmeshed in their life. He becomes a mentor for the son, becomes friends with the parents. And that's as far as I've gotten. But Lydia is a genius. And so I will read everything. I, I don't even need, I don't need to know anything. I don't know, need to know how yeah, Ellen she, felt about it in the end. I'm going to read this book. Yeah, she's one of those authors that like, you know, you know, it's going to be good every time. So she's out in October, Dinosaurs by Lydia Millay or Millet, depending on how she pronounces it. October 11th. Watch for that. It's a, it's a really, it's a slim volume, much like the children's Bible. And it's, um, it's beautiful writing. Like I, I really enjoyed the book. And I'm like, this is what my dad should have done. My dad abandoned me as a father and cheated on my mom and had a double life for six or seven years or longer. Um, he was a very good dad while I was growing up. And then just like, God, like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, he has many issues, but, you know, he could have taken his success in life and walked across the country to Arizona and <laughs> Instead well, of abandoning us as children. I mean, this family who lives next door to yeah. Bill, who's the protagonist, is like this married couple. They have their own issues, but yeah, um, he's very he becomes sort of involved in that and sort of not like right. And I um, love how you're very much in the primary character's brain. Yeah, it, and it's not one of those books that like gives you sort of a clear resolution necessarily, or um, like there's there are a lot of layers to this book. It's a simply told short book, but there's a lot happening in it. Okay. So we just want to put a couple things on your radar for this week. Um, it's not a huge publishing week, but there is a book called Elizabeth Finch that's coming from Julian Barnes. So Julian Barnes won, uh, got a lot of recognition for his book, The Sense of an Ending. Um, it was about a marriage with a, or no, a, an affair with a woman, um, and a man's, uh, role in it. So he's, he's a writer to pay attention, writer to pay attention to. Um, and we have a really cool, um, graphic novel coming out, um, in middle grade called Bride On by Faith Erin Hicks. Ride On. It's about, girl's obsession with horse. There are a lot of horse girls out there that are going to latch onto this book. And it, the artistry is very beautiful. And middle grade graphic novels are a real opportunity to grow readers. Um, it gives For them sure. a very palatable uh, visual opportunity to read and get invested in a story. 
Um, let's see. We also have a nonfiction book called Raising Lazarus. Um, it's about um, overdose crises in America. So nonfiction um, by Beth Macy, Raising Lazarus. So it is a slow week in new publications, but an opportunity to catch up on your TBR pile. I know mine is... <laughs> I saw Ellen's the other day at her house, and it is not as tall as her piano anymore. But there's also, like, in my head, too. I know. <laughs> there's not the phys- You're making physical progress. TBR, and it's a mental mm-hmm. TBR. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I have a, I moved one of my kids' bookshelves into my room underneath my window, and I have a, the top of it is books I've read this year, and then the next shelf is, like, priority TBR, and then the next shelf is, like, put it here i'm gonna get to it okay so coming up at dogwood books oh good job we have events we have story hour (laughs) with lovey on the 17th tomorrow (laughs) with amanda and lovey we are so excited to be back in the flow of reading kids like i i am loving it we read greg pizzoli's pizza this past week and um if you cry like a fountain Oh my God. I'm just, there's so many good picture books out. We are so glad to be reading to kids again. We've had a kind of upheaval of a summer. So glad to be back. Yeah. And then, so on Friday at seven o'clock, we have the found in translation book club led by Sarah and Mariah and they're reading uh, like water for chocolate, which is a classic, a modern classic. Yep. And then on Saturday we have between the covers book club Woo-hoo. at eight o'clock and they are reading booked on a feeling which is also books for romance day oh hey hey yeah ah! and we're really excited to overlap those two it is a day to celebrate the genre it is a very i think i think rom-coms have saved a lot of marriages katie would tell oh, you i think so too like, katie you would know, tell you're you katie it and you're feeling yeah. a little something something yeah yeah um, it's <laughs> It is healthy porn. I should probably read. Oh my god! Yeah. No, don't. No porn. What porn should be is what <laughs> we read in rom coms. Porn should all go away. This is like the. However, I did hear an advertisement mm-hmm. for um, like a porn site that was. Um, it was on one of the podcasts I listened to. It was like <laughs> no. Um. So oh gosh, what's it called when it's um, like ethical porn? Ethical porn. Yeah. That's what. We are reading. I the genre is way, well, way, 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 well, way I mean, more than that. But know, it gets your mind going, whatever, and women need their listen, minds going. Listen, whatever trips your trigger, I no judgment here. Um, we also have feels very judgy to me, but cafe, okay. This is this is like appropriate. We have cafe philosophy on yeah. Sunday the twenty first at two o'clock, and they're discuss discussing. What is love? Oh, <laughs> oh, Did you ever see the book uh, or the movie The Ladies' Man? Yeah. Okay. It's like the best stupid SNL movie. Uh, the Ladies' Man. Who? Or he, I taught my youngest son to say this because he keeps telling me he wants a girlfriend. Oh, hold on. Say, can I buy you a fish sandwich? But there's like a part of the movie where he's like, what is love? <laughs> is it not the thing that is not unlike? <laughs> anyway, they're discussing what is love. And then, So you should probably piggyback. I know. You should probably piggyback 
um, romance, indie ro- books or romance day with what is love. All right. Women from other worlds <laughs> <laughs> on the 22nd discussing machinehood. Yeah. Badass women. Yes. So That's we, got we got you girls. On. We got you girls. And last night we had pub fiction. Um, and that was really fun. My favorite that I saw come through the store was Jurassic Park. Shut up, Rachel. And it was some guy in a, you know, those blow up dinosaur I costume? love blow up dinosaur costumes. Yeah, it was costumes. a blow up velociraptor. Okay. And then it was like all the people, the characters, four of them. So they're all characters from Jurassic Park, like the Laura Dern character. Yes, I love Laura. Character. And the what was the fuck with that old guy name? Oh, yeah. He was the old guy. The old we don't guy. need to give him a name. Okay, old guy, guy, white mayor, but they, mayor but they had names. they had music playing with them everywhere they go. That was a Jurassic Park theme. <laughs> <laughs> Who were they? I didn't know them, okay. but then I was my like, my mom used to make me do a. Rap they were like, when I was we little. had this really strong absinthe drink here, and they were like, we want it, everyone wants it, and I was like, I said to the Velociraptor, I was like, how are you going to drink this? He's like, I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> he drank it. <laughs> so just a note on our cocktail creativity. Absinthe was banned in the U.S. until 2007. We had a banned book display, and we made the cocktail with the banned substance um, with an Ernest Hemingway cocktail favorite. So Ernest Hemingway has been banned in various places um, for his content, Um, but he loved Death in the Afternoon, and it was made with absinthe, which totally makes sense because he was part of Paris in the 20s when absinthe was like the so i don't know liqueur. that i've ever had absinthe before but i had the cocktail last night it's it was very, very black licorice yeah very mm, black licorice very black licorice so if you like licorice this is the cocktail for you and the added bonus is it's topped with champagne four ounces so of champagne so i had i had a i had the cocktail and then i was like just had champagne yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then i went i um Jess Clyde, who owns London Underground, yeah, the street was in the store. They had Treasure Island. Doing, I know, and it looks so cool in there. So um, he was he was here with his sister, and then his other sister is a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, can I bump along with you? And so we went to Della Beatty, and mm-hmm. they did. Uh, they had the Princess Bride. Oh my God, Bravo! And then we went back to London, and I saw all their decorations. It was really great. I'm surprised you're here today. If you did I was all those really, things. I was actually really good. I didn't drink at London. I had one drink here for books and beverages, and then I had a champagne, and then I at Del Vidi I had a drink, and then I was done. Cool. Because I had a migraine yesterday. Like, I mm-hmm. went home from work early, mm-hmm. and so I was like, I can't. Which, side note, Kara, she's really interesting because she owns a coffee shop, but she only drinks decaf. So if you need a good yeah. decaf coffee. It's unfortunate. But we have delicious decaf. Yeah. It exists, people. Yeah, it, it does. does it does exist. Windmill Coffee Roasters has delicious decaf. They only use Swiss water process, which means no chemicals. Awesome. I didn't know this. You're even yeah. a better student than we are. Yes. Um, a lot of decaf uses chemical... Um, Strippers? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. And they use a Swiss water process, no chemicals. And they're and- just... They're nice folks. Yeah, I mean, and they and they people. they form genuine relationships with the yeah. farmers. Yep, they love their beans as much as we love our bugs. Yeah, they do. So, so we're here for that. So um, I have an good. update on the dog. Okay, Let's he's awake her. and doing well. Oh, okay. good to hear. So he broke his leg because of <clears throat> colon. The third child. The third child. 
But that dog is so cute. He's so cute. Nothing will and stop he's it. He's happy. Tell him the name. Tato. But the full name. His full name is Taylor Tot. Because like Tater Tot. Yeah. But Taylor Tot. Because we got the pug from my son Atticus, who's just turned ten. Mm-hmm. And he's been obsessed with pugs for like two years. Like he has a pug wardrobe, his pug decor. He's a wardrobe? Like, yeah, he has a YouTube channel called Mr. Pugtato. Oh and my. he loves pugs. And so we got him a pug for his birthday. I and, love the name. And, and he's you so can tell cute. me what you think of this. I ordered him a name, like, you know, the the collar. Yeah. Like the name tag, the ID tag. And it says Tato. And it's apostrophe Tato. And my husband was like, why did you put the apostrophe there? I'm like, that's how you do it. If you shorten a name. Yeah. It's short for potato. Apostrophe Tato. Thank you. I was like, this is called English. Go back to school, sir. You may have a law degree. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> and on that note, cheers. Cheers. Kara, we are cheers. rooting for you. We are excited Thank for you. you. Yay. Good to be Keep here. the champagne flowing and the books <laughs> going. <laughs> I, I need, it. you know what I need right now? I need pepper jack cheese balls <laughs> from Whiskey River. Holy <laughs> shit. Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow. Because you want to find out what's happening in dog eared books every single week. Yep. And if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at, at Dog Eared Books Ames or at Dog Eared Books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great. It's so 